This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast Show 785. I just take insane action and I had to fill in a lot of the blanks because it wasn't like do this, but I took action and within three months I did my first deal. When the wire hit, I was like, I jumped up and I was like, woo, I gave a woo, you know? This is real, this is cool, like I can see where this can go. What's going on, everyone? This is David Green, your host of the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Podcast, coming to you today from Maui, Hawaii, with my co-host and good friend Rob Abasolo, coming to you from H Town, as he likes to call it when he's trying the to say H. Cool. The H. Yeah. In today's episode, Rob and I are interviewing Dean Rogers, a former NFL player who is now a real estate investor and crushing it in this space, has done over 600 deals in only a few years and has an incredible story, a great approach, and an uplifting delivery. This was really good. Rob, what'd you like about today's show? It was really nice because it just showed me what my life could have been had I pursued you know, being in an NFL and then going into real estate. But uh, it's really cool because we talk about Dean's seven-figure journey into the NFL, leaving that and making far, 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 far less and then really ascending the, the real estate uh, food chain, if you will. So it's kind of like like uh, riches to rags, back up to riches. It's kind of cool. It's cool to see the trajectory and how he crushed it. He made some pretty m- big mistakes that he he details really quite in depth in the podcast. Doesn't hold back. I'm always very happy to hear a guest be vulnerable with us like that when we're sharing it to the whole platform. Because I think it just normalizes like, hey, failure happens, but you can recover from it. You know? Absolutely. And then the path for recovery, exactly what he did, how he made alliances and allegiances, where he gets his deals from. Uh, This is a great show that he really lays out a blueprint a lot of people can follow. Before we bring in Dean, today's quick tip, make that extra phone call. You will hear why this is so important in today's show, but do not stop short. And bonus, treat every deal like you're using your grandparents' money. That is fantastic advice, and you will hear why as you listen all the way to the end of today's show. So without further ado, let's bring in Dean. Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. What's better than low money down? No money down. Now through Rent to Retirement, you can buy a brand new construction turnkey rental property for no money down. Wait, hold on. This can't be right. We need to double check with Zach, Rental Retirement CEO. Oh, hey, Rob. Zach, how the heck are you selling turnkey rental properties for $0 down? <laughs> it's not that complicated, Rob. 
Rent to Retirement has new construction properties up to $20,000 below retail prices. We also have investor loans with rates as low as 3.99% and down payment options as low as 5% or sometimes even zero money down. You get all the cash flow, appreciation, and equity for as little as zero money down. That's an infinite return. Oh, wait, wait. Let me get on this before we tell it to the whole Bigger Pockets audience. Just head to renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or text REI to 33777. That's REI to 33777 to learn more about how you can get started investing with no money down today. Get your next new construction property at a steep discount or invest with no money down. Head to renttoretirement.com today. Whenever I used to travel, I would get that creeping feeling that I locked my back door. How do I know my property is going to be safe while I'm away? But not anymore, thanks to Simply Safe Home Security. I'm about to go on a three-week trip to Copenhagen, but am I tripping about my trip? Nope. With award-winning security and peace of mind from Simply Safe, I don't need to worry. Simply Safe is a super amazing alarm system that I actually installed in my house myself personally in less than 30 minutes, and there's so much peace of mind knowing that there's something in place to protect my homes, my goods, and my John Mayer shrine. Simply Safe systems have high-tech sensors that detect break-ins, fires, and floods, indoor and outdoor cameras to keep watch night and day, 24/7 professional monitoring at less than $1 a day, plus Simply Safe professional monitoring agents can even help stop crime in real time by speaking to intruders through the wireless indoor camera. Hey, hey, bud, get out of here. It's like that, but it's a lot better, I imagine. And if you buy the system and you don't love it, you can get a full refund with Simply Safe's 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/pockets. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Dean Rogers, welcome to the Bigger Pockets podcast. How are you today? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we are excited. So, for those who are unfamiliar with Dean, his portfolio currently consists of 65 units in Central California. He's been investing in real estate for a total of 10 years. He's done a hundred deals a year for the past three years with over 600 total and has a net worth in his real estate portfolio of almost $10 million. Very impressive, Dean, but that's not even where your accomplishments start. You also played in the NFL for a while. So tell us, like, how the heck did you become the man we're talking to today? Yeah. Uh, So almost like a childhood dream, man. Uh, You know, grew up always dreaming of playing professional sports and um, kind of flash forward through all the stories of how I got there. You know, I went, I didn't go to a big time football uh, school in college. Um, I always felt like I was kind of underlooked and under recruited at each level from high school to college, then to the NFL. Um, but Hey, once I was in college, NFL teams started to look at me and I was never the biggest. I was never the fastest. I was never the strongest. Um, I was never the most athletic, but I was a good football player and I stayed in the game. I, I, I wasn't, I was fortunate not to be injured too much. And I was consistent. Like I was good. I was just that gritty, hardworking guy. And, um, you know, it just played out to where right time, right place, right people that were looking at me, you know, there's about 11, 12 teams that were looking to, uh, draft me. And, um, then, then the moment came, like it, it was crazy, dude. It was the craziest thing. So, uh, it was the year of the lockout that I got signed to the NFL. And when the lockout lifted, the Chargers called me and said, you got your bags packed because you're flying out tomorrow morning. 
And, you know, like a schoolgirl, I was jumping around the the living room and I fly out the next morning and it, it, it felt so surreal because overnight you're instantly famous. You're instantly important. Right. And the whole experience from day one was kind of like you see in the movies, you know, they roll me in in a red carpet. They got the black Escalade outside at the airport to pick me up. They roll me in, you know, I go right up to the, to the owner's office. I meet Dean Spanos, shake his hand. I sign a three-year deal with the chargers and here we go. You know, that's amazing, man. Yeah. And I'll just tell you, man, I can relate because I, you know, I used to throw around the pigskin myself. <laughs> that was never the biggest, strongest or fastest either. You know, I had to actually end my career in the 10th grade because I got demoted to the B team second string, but that's neither here nor, nor there. Dean, tell us a little bit about the NFL. You go into this and obviously this is the dream career for you going into it. Were you like, this is it. This is what I'm going to do forever. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's, kind of what I had planned my whole life for at that point. And I went to uh, UC Davis in college, you know, got a, got a good degree, um, knew there would be life after football, but I'm here. Like, this is what I've spent my whole life for. I've been dedicated. I was the guy who wasn't out late partying throughout the week and on the weekends in high school and college, because like, I took this serious, like I was passionate about this and I was willing to put in the hard work. And um, so here I am, I'm here and the NFL was insane. Um, it was the combination. If you've seen both HBO shows, it was a combination of hard knocks and ballers. <laughs> so you had the intense cutthroat business side of it. And then you also had the glitz and glamor Hollywood side of it, where you've got supermodels literally around at almost all times. You've got red carpet events, you've got fans, screaming your name and you're like, who am I? Like, I just, I'm not, you know, I'm not Philip Rivers on the team, but still people are like clawing and like wanting to get your attention. You know, your phone's blowing up all the time. People wanting to get your time, wanting to come to games. And it was just nuts, you know? And, um, so I'd say it was super cool. And for me, my experience playing what was like, I'd say so, like fulfilling was um, not only making it there, but also getting the validation while I was there that like I belong here. And just from like the very first play, I roll up, um, you know, through to while I was there, I, you know, had Norv Turner telling me over and over that I was going to have a long career. And now like games were actually easy compared to practice. And the big thing for me, just to like not make my story about the NFL too long, we'll dive into real estate, of course, but like the big catch for me was although I was playing great, was living the dream and Norv Turner telling me I'm going to have a long career and like, I'm, I'm here, I'm doing it. The big catch was I got moved from tight end, which is a position I love and, you know, I got an appreciation for blocking and got a pride for blocking. But the other half of the time you run out, you're catching touchdowns, you're catching passes. I love to have the ball in my hands as much as possible. Love to score touchdowns. But I got moved from tight end to fullback. And at fullback, dude, you're you're a crash test dummy. You are having the biggest collisions on the field. Because instead of at tight end or most other positions being one or two yards away from the guy that you're going to hit, 
you're now like 10 plus yards running full speed. You got the biggest, fastest, strongest people like in the world, and you're just trying to kill each other. And when you're running at fullback, an ISO play up the middle and the in between the guards and tackles is like this narrow, you're not leading with your shoulder. And if you do, you look weak and you probably aren't going to make a good block. You got to run full speed head on to blow that guy up. And that's what I was doing and, and was having good success. But I was instantly feeling the repercussions in my head. Like I had to finally, for the first time, I had to start icing my head in the first time of my life. Like that's, that's a problem, you know? So for a non-football follower, what you're describing is you were basically moved to be a human battering ram to make space for running backs to come behind you in the, in the area you developed. Exactly. And you're not just running into normal wooden doors. You are running into behem- like missiles of human beings that have been created to blow through things. And there's this, this massive, like, you know, the, what's that old saying that goes when a unstoppable force meets an immovable object type of a situation. And, and the year, and you're doing this all with your head. Yeah. The, these human beings are handcrafted by God himself with a chisel <laughs> chipping away at this granite. And you're now running into these Im- immovable objects. Um, you know, the impacts were insane. They were, they were huge and massive and my body was holding up. I felt indestructible myself. Like I had the best nutrition, the bo- the best, uh, sports trainers, uh, the best workout plans. Like I was indestructible myself, but the one thing you couldn't avoid was hitting your head. And that, that just started to go, started to go fast. So you're icing your head, which I've never heard a human being. Same, <laughs> same. I didn't think it was a thing too. Like I kind of felt weird. I was like, uh, I'm going to put the ice here because I need it. Like what the heck, dude? Uh, well, the good news is you said the big catch uh, about th- this, right? That I think that's the name of your upcoming memoir. So we've, we can get that penned pretty soon here, but it's all going well. You're doing it. You decide you, you start icing your head at some point. You're like, I, I can't do this or yeah. What, what actually made you step away from the team? That was it. I mean, everything else was quote unquote perfect, um, was, was living out the dream. Um, and that was everything I'd hoped and dreamed of. And the other thing that was so surreal, that was so cool was, Overnight, it's just like when you join uh, in our in our world now. Just like when you join a mastermind, you're now a part of the club, right? Um, by getting signed by the team, you're a part of the club. And overnight, now I'm buddies with Philip Rivers. I'm buddies with Antonio Gates, and you know Antonio Gate uh, Philip Rivers is calling me Dino, and he's got a you know Southern draw to his accent, and um, we're like trading stories and talking about stories with Antonio Gates and how he actually spent time in Visalia, my hometown where I grew up, going to a junior college there and how Kent State showed up at his door the day before he was going to go to Fresno State and he ended up going to Kent State, playing basketball, going to the NFL. So it was just like all these cool relationships being built um, and it felt like just like us talking now, just like guys sitting across from each other, having a conversation. Okay. So what was that? I mean, cause you were, it sounds like you were doing pretty well financially being a football player. Right. And so is that something you had to sort of weigh the, the pros and cons on like stepping away? Cause I, I imagine if you break contract or you walk away, it's not like you get to just keep the salary that, you know, that was promised here. Right. Exactly. That's, that's a good way to put it. And I think 
part of my story that I like to share to to like bring it back to reality is I walked away from the seven figure contract. I didn't walk away with it. I didn't walk away with a ton of money. And so that was what I had to weigh is the pros and cons of like, I can live this out. I can, I can get through it, make this money, but what good is it going to be if I'm knocking that many years off my life? And I mean, cause when dude, when you're there and I had a concussion when I was there with the chargers, um, you don't, you don't go run to the trainers and say, Hey, I got a boo-boo, like take me out. You're like, no, I'm not telling anybody about this. I'm going to stay in because I don't want the next guy to take my spot. Like, cause it's that cutthroat. You know what I mean? So it just got to the point where I knew that I was going to do serious damage if I kept playing. And I just had, I had to walk away. Wow. Wow. So you're, so did you have a plan where you like, okay, I'm walking away from this seven figure salary, but I've already identified how to make seven figures again. Cause I imagine that's that you're really, you're walking away from millions of dollars. Let's just put it out there. So what was the contingency plan? Yeah. You're walking away from millions and millions of dollars and status. And, um, you're at the pinnacle of everything like professional athletes, uh, you know, um, singers and songwriters, like they're, they're kind of held like in this, this pedestal, you know, they're like on this pedestal. So to walk away from that is kind of insane in itself, but I had no plan. There was no backup. There was no, um, you know, rich uncle, there was no connections to what was next, but I just knew I had to leave and I couldn't look back. I just, I just had to move forward. And you're not just walking away from the money though. I would imagine the money is probably the first thing on your mind. You're walking away from status. You're walking away from an investment. You've put how much time on the field in the weight room, like you mentioned, nutrition and an identity, right? There's no man in the world that is upset about being identified in the top one of one of 1% of all the other men. And, you, and you've worked so hard to get there. You're leaving all that behind too. Like, was that depressing? Was there a, you know, a battle going on in your mind between the angel on one shoulder and the demon on the other? What was that experience like? Yeah, that, that's actually probably the biggest point to make uh, when it comes to athletes and when they retire or whatever happens in their career, they get injured, something like that. The status and money is one thing, but the identity is probably the biggest thing. And I think that's why so many professional athletes struggle transitioning into life after sports is because they've spent their whole life working to that point. All of their friends, all of their relationships, everybody recognizes them as that, you know, premier superior athlete. And then who are you now? Right. Um, I bet even the Michael Jordans and the LeBron Jameses and the Tom Brady's, I mean, th- look at a lot of those guys stuck around for a long time because that's their identity. Who else are they? Even if they've made all the money in the world, they still want to be that person. So um, that was hard. Now, I don't know what it was, but I'm thankful that I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about it. Like I just thought I have to move forward. Um, But I think back to it, I think a lot of my early days in my career after football I missed huge opportunities when it comes to building relationships and networking because that identity was gone and I knew I needed to create a new one. I needed to become that incredible, awesome person again, some other way. And I kind of put my head down and didn't 
go out and network like I should have because I was insecure about who I was at that point. Sure, sure. So uh, by the way, when was this? When did you decide to step away from the Chargers? This was 2012, so 2011-12. Okay. And uh, once you made that decision to leave, what came next? So what came next, I was fortunate to have a good buddy I played uh, college football with. He gave me a call. He said, hey, I know you're done. Um, I got an opportunity for you. And he basically walked me right in the front door, past all the red tape to an incredible opportunity at a tech company in the San Francisco Bay Area. And they were pre-IPO. Already had a thousand employees at that point, and were you know already they were about to go into the stratosphere. And he basically walked me past all the interviews, all that stuff, took me right to the hiring manager, got me the job. Now, based on what he described, it was it literally was like the perfect kind of thing of what I thought life after real estate would look like, the type of company business type of things I would be doing. Um, <laughs> the funny part was I went from the seven figure salary. Uh, to now a $65,000 salary in the San Francisco Bay Area, which as you guys know, is like a negative salary. <laughs> you know what I mean? 65,000 per month? No, definitely not. <laughs> Dang, that's crazy. Was it actually, and then what, what was the, did you have the opportunity to get raises? Were you on like a base or a commission or anything like that? That's what I imagined. That's what I dreamt of. Hey, I'm coming in. This is, this is what it is. This is the position. It's entry level. Um, it's a good opportunity to get my foot in the door. Don't be picky. Like you're going to show your worth. You're going to show how good you are. Now, even though I don't have any in perspective of life now, I don't have any real life skills except, you know, football, um, don't have any transferable skills except hard work and good discipline and work ethic, having a lot of energy, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I'm going to show my worth and get a pay raise quickly. So um, I'm working my butt off within that first year and nobody's running to me saying I'm going to get a pay raise. Nobody's rushing that. <laughs> it, it, it ends up becoming about 14 months into the job. And I'm kind of talking to my hiring manager about what's next, you know, how, how, where's the next step from here. And it, as you can imagine, living in the San Francisco Bay area, um, not having made all the money that I thought I was going to make in the NFL. Cause I, you know, was, had, had that be a lot shorter than planned money started to dry up really fast, really fast. And so I'm thinking to myself, all right, I'm going to get my big pay raise. They saw how hard I worked this first year. I'm busting my butt and the big whopping pay raise was a $2,000 pay raise from 65 to 67. And I was sick to my stomach, dude. I was so sick to my stomach because I'm thinking, dude, at least I'm going to get to six figures now because I keep hearing about all these college kids that come out, go to the Bay Area, get these tech jobs. They're making six figures, multiple six figures. I mean, clearly I got skills and talent. They're going to reward me somehow. But dude, my my stomach almost fell out of my body. I was so sick and thought to myself, this, this is not going to be it. This is getting nowhere fast. Yeah, unfortunately, in a, like corporate America, I mean, this is like very common with millennials. I think back in the day it was a little different. You stay, you stay at a company, you work your way up, and I feel like millennials and like the younger generation now, it's a very common place to just jump around jobs every like year or two because that's the only way that you can get a real raise. 
these days. That's that's how it feels. And so I remember jumping around advertising agencies every couple of years, and my parents are like, "Son, what are you doing? Like, are you not good at working? Why are you moving around?" I'm like, "It's the only way to get more money. Is you have to just threaten to leave and do that kind of thing." You know, it's like very frustrating that that is how corporate is sort of built. Yeah, you almost have to leave and come back to make more money. Exactly. The boomerangs. I mean, as a side note, before we move on into the real estate side, I will say. Like Rob, you had a great point. It used to just be longevity. You were you were rewarded for loyalty and staying somewhere. In today's market, you are re- rewarded for what you produce and the skills you can build. And so I I think people should lean more towards learning new skills, getting good at whatever it is they're doing and making sure that the skills they're building are useful. Right. Like it wouldn't be super great to learn how to be a great salesperson at Blockbuster, even though you're building skills. Those are not useful skills. You want to be building skills in a, in an area that are valuable in today's society. And unfortunately, you have to pay a lot of attention to what you can't just put yourself in cruise control and drive down the highway at a comfortable pace and know I'm going to end up at a destination that I like. You really do have to pay a lot of attention, which is, I think, why real estate investing and real estate in general has become so interested to people because they're already always thinking about what's the next move? Where's the next opportunity? Where's the next? How do I add value in some way? Those skills translate pretty well into the world of real estate. So Dean, for you, how did real estate enter into your picture? Yeah. So I just remember that moment was such a big, impactful moment for me that I left going back home thinking to myself, okay, so I literally just saw what life could be like in the NFL. Um, You know, what else had that potential because it it clearly seems that I got to take things into my own hands and write my own story here because they're not they're not going to do it for me right at this corporate job. So what could get me back to that dream life and live life on my own terms? Because that was that was a childhood dream. Like I'm gonna put it I'm gonna put the team on my back. I'm gonna you know get the whole family. Uh, their own houses, like I'm going to financially take care of everybody. That was kind of the the dream, right? And I saw that that was possible with the NFL. Um, so I went back home in my tiny 424 square foot studio in San Francisco uh, that I was paying way too much for and thought to myself, what else do I like? And again, at you know 25 years old, you don't know what you really like. I mean, some people are fortunate to know what their passion is, but dude, what what do I know about the world outside of football in terms of what I like and what my passions are? Only thing I could think of, literally the only thing I could think of is watching the, you know, HGTV shows with my parents, love it or list it, and the late night Dean Graciosi infomercials about getting started in real estate investing. That was all I could think of, there was, it was completely blank up there. Um, and I just thought to myself, well, maybe I, I want to be like a realtor, some sort of investor. I didn't even know what that looked like. I had no prior experience. My parents owned some rentals growing up, but not like it wasn't a full-time thing. Um, they, they were entrepreneurs with their own business in, in the software space, but I, I didn't know what that looked like. So I just, Got on Google, I typed in how to get started in real estate. And lo and behold, what popped up at the search results at the very top was Sean Terry, his Flip to Freedom podcast, a free podcast, just like Bigger Pockets. And I was like, okay, what's this? So I click on it. And, you know, he comes on, he's talking about how you can get started in real estate with little to no money. 
that sounded great to me because I had little to no money at that point, right? Money was drying up. And I thought, okay, let me, what's the catch? Let me, let me listen a little bit more. And from the first episode I listened to, I just got so excited about what I was hearing, how I could do certain types of marketing strategies to find properties. And then I didn't even have to actually buy them using my own money. I could sell that property to someone else and it was called wholesaling. And I thought to myself, this sounds like too good to be true. Is this real? And he's talking about, you know, how the pest control guy who was making $20,000 a year salary is making, you know, multiple six figures. I'm like, okay, let me, let me just try this out. So I just, I just take insane action on this free podcast and start following step by step what he was saying. And I had to fill in a lot of the blanks because it wasn't like, do this, do this, do this. So I had to kind of fill in the blanks, but I took action. And within three months, I did my first deal. And it was a deal that um, I got under contract and I couldn't wholesale it. What makes this story even, even more fun is... It was in Arizona because Sean Terry was talking about his strategies. I I didn't know anything about San Francisco real estate and I didn't really have money to market other places. So I just followed his strategies in Phoenix, Arizona, got a property and a contract, couldn't sell it. And then I contacted his company by going to his website, filling out his online form like I was a seller. And then his team called me and then I was like, well, this is really what's happening you think you guys could help me? And he's like, oh yeah, no worries. Uh, I'll put you in contact with Sean. So Sean calls me from his car, gets the scoop and he's like, yeah, we can help you sell it. So he got it sold for 12 grand within like 48 hours. We split it 50, 50. I made six grand. I remember sitting in the office in San Francisco and just when the wire hit, I was like, I jumped up and I was like, woo, I gave a woo, you know? Um, and I was like, this is real. This is cool. Like I can see where this can go. And that was that proof of concept. See, and what I thought you were going to say, um, and that's a really cool origin story too. I, I really don't want to gloss over that. I just thought you were going to say that you saw David Green on an episode of House Hunters <laughs> on, on the one episode that he did. And that's what caused you to go all in. I wish it was that. I wish it was that. But um, at the time, that was what popped up. And there was so, so it was a limited, there was a limited amount of information out there in those days. Um, but just grasping on it and taking action um, and and getting that proof of concept, I knew like, all right, I could do this. I can see that there's potential in this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go hard on this. It's a beautiful moment when you get that moment of clarity. You know, like I'm sort of at a point in my life right now where I'm struggling. It, it feels like you're just in the ocean and you're getting pulled underneath and you get up to get a breath and then you get sucked back down again. I'm sure that's what it was like in that corporate job of like, I know there's more and I know I can be successful. I believe in myself, but oh man, like I just can't see the way out of this. I don't know what the path is. And you're just pounding forward, hoping something opens up and it's not. And it, those moments are a part of life and they're tough. They're very, very tough. You, I'm sure you had times, Dean, where you're like, why the hell did I leave the NFL? What was I thinking? You know, now I'm out here making 65 grand a year. You're basically living paycheck to paycheck in this tiny studio. I mean, you're a big dude. The bed probably couldn't, wasn't big enough for you. You got your feet hanging off the edge. And uh, you're not, it's like the, the healthy food you want to eat is just really expensive and you feel bad about it. It's a tough, tough life. 
And then you get that moment where that light from heaven shines on you and, oh, I get it. I see it. And it's like the best feeling, dude. Your heart explodes with joy. You get all excited and you're like, I will run through a brick wall to make this happen now that I know where I'm running. I'm kind of waiting for the next stage and what my own development is going to be like. And I'm in that same place. Do you remember like where you were sitting or what kind of thoughts were going for your head that you could describe what that moment was like when you got that clarity? Yeah. So I want to touch real quick what you said about those tough moments, because I got a lot of tough moments in my journey, aside from just the beginning. Uh, but but specifically about the beginning, just to paint a picture for people and and why I think this is relatable, and I think people's ears will perk up to this and and it will feel real to them. Dude, think about that whole identity crisis of, of shifting, of being in the limelight to starting over to making, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. I remember vividly feeling like a failure because there was a period of time there towards the end before I did my first deal and started, you know, doing deals after that, where our credit cards were starting to get maxed out. And there was a month or so where in order to get groceries, I kid you not, we had to use our Target credit card that we had recently got to go buy groceries at Target because the other credit cards were maxed out. The month-to-month paycheck was real. Like there wasn't an abundance or an overage, an overflow of money. Like I had to buy groceries, my wife and I, at Target with our Target credit card. And that's what got us by for a little bit. Thank you so much for sharing. I actually do think a lot of people at home can totally relate. You know, it, it's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard to, to make a living sometimes, especially when you're first getting started. You might have student loans, you have rent, and there's just a lot of things. So thanks for sharing, man. And it seems like you've really, you've come a long way, which is really cool. It's really cool to hear the story, the origin story, and then the other, the next origin story, which is really cool. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high-quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do-not-call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com slash BP. Whenever I used to travel, I would get that creeping feeling that I locked my back door. How do I know my property is going to be safe while I'm away? But not anymore, thanks to Simply Safe Home Security. I'm about to go on a three-week trip to Copenhagen, but am I tripping about my trip? Nope. With award-winning security and peace of mind from Simply Safe, I don't need to worry. 
Simply Safe is a super amazing alarm system that I actually installed in my house myself personally in less than 30 minutes. And there's so much peace of mind knowing that there's something in place to protect my homes, my goods, and my John Mayer shrine. Simply Safe systems have high tech sensors that detect break ins, fires, and floods, indoor and outdoor cameras to keep watch night and day, 24 7 professional monitoring at less than $1 a day. Plus, Simply Safe professional monitoring agents can even help stop crime in real time by speaking to intruders through the wireless indoor camera. Hey, hey, bud, get out of here. It's like that, but it's a lot better, I imagine. And if you buy the system and you don't love it, you can get a full refund with Simply Safe's 60 day money back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with Fast Protect monitoring at slash pockets. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high-quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do-not-call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. Want to dive deep into commercial real estate, entrepreneurship, leadership, and the economy? Tune into the Walker webcast hosted by the CEO of Walker & Dunlop, one of the largest commercial real estate finance and advisory services firms in the nation. As an unparalleled leader in commercial real estate, CEO Willie Walker frequently appears as an expert on major platforms like CNBC and the New York Times. He's even been on the Bigger Pockets podcast network too. On the Walker webcast, you'll hear from guests like A-Rod, renowned economist Dr. Peter Linneman, and experts from Walker and Dunlop's capital markets, research, and investment sales groups. So fire up the Walker webcast on your favorite podcast app or join live on Wednesdays to see Willie interact with his guests. Plus, you can always catch the replay on demand afterward. Stay ahead of the curve with insights for life from the Walker webcast. Learn more and subscribe to the Walker webcast at walkerdunlop.com slash pockets. And be sure to follow Walker and Dunlop on all your favorite social media channels too. That's walkerdunlop.com slash pockets. Uh, now that you've been doing real estate for 10 years or so, I understand that your main strategies are wholesale, fix and flip, and single family. And as you were learning about these strategies, were there any like low points or learning moments along the way? Because it seemed like you were sort of taking on a lot there. Yeah. So the first year, I'm wholesaling, right? And the second year, I'm wholesaling now a couple properties in my local market in Central California. My my now business partner uh, had come to me at the time. I had wholesaled him a couple of deals. He said, hey, you're g- great at finding deals. You want to do some flips together. And I'm thinking to myself, that's exactly what I want to do next. I want to fix and flip. That's the next level after wholesaling. I'll make a bunch more money. This will be great. Well, at the time, spare you all the details. He said the market was slowing down a little bit in Central California. You did some deals in Arizona, right? You want to do some flips there? 
I said, well, yeah, I got some relationships there. We could find some deals, you know, meet some contractors. So we buy six houses in the first month. Okay. And he, I was ready to keep buying and buying. He's like, let's slow down. Let's see how these deals go. Well, flash forward in that, literally my second year now, and I've, I haven't made a ton of money. I've made maybe, you know, 60, $70,000. Uh, just your salary, by the way. Not, no, on top of the salary. Okay. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. You doubled your salary, basically. You doubled your salary. That's crazy, man. That's so cool. I did. But in all fairness, it wasn't just sitting in the bank. I'm reinvesting it into marketing. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the things that I should to, to grow. Those hair care products can't be cheap, Dean. They can't. Yes. They get expensive. <laughs> They do. Can't confirm. <laughs> so we get into these flips and mind you, he's experienced. He's already got experience. He jokes to this day, like at that point he was saying everything he touched turned to gold, like what could go wrong? Let's just, let's just do some more flips. So everything goes wrong on these first flips. Everything goes wrong. Bad contractors where we had to redo the work. Um, the comps that we use, you know, that we took for granted, you know, like we took at, you know, face value from the realtors. They were good on one side of the street, but the side of the street ours were on were not apples to apples. Like everything went wrong. We lost $100,000 on those flips. And four of them went good, two of them went bad, and they went really bad. Lost $100,000. I was not in the position to lose $100,000. And so that was a huge gut punch and a setback for me. And the only way to get out of that was to go do more deals. It was the only way. So I had to dig deep, fight my way through. Now, you said low points. I, I got a couple. <laughs> that was that was the first one. The next one, which I feel like is is got a lot more story to it and learning lessons, is I'm now on the up the upswing. Right, I'm I'm in the the kind of beginning of my hero's journey. Um, I transition into real estate, right? I'm, I get knocked down. I'm getting back up. I'm, I'm Rocky Balboa fighting, getting out of the trenches. And I'm about to have my first son. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm living back in San Diego. I'd love to get in some deals in San Diego while I'm doing the stuff in central California, you know, real estate's, you know, sexy and hot out here in San Diego. I'd love to do some flips. Well, someone that was in my circle of trust doing deals with other people that of other people I knew kept presenting and kind of putting deals in front of me. And I, I didn't listen to my gut. I knew this guy was kind of a little off in some areas, but at that point on my kind of upwards journey, I really felt like I needed to do a good deal, like a good deal. I need to make a good chunk of money. I'm about to have my firstborn son. I've been fighting you know, out of the trenches, kind of trying to make my way and have like a big splash. Like I want to do a good deal. And he put this deal in front of me. There was a new construction deal, something completely out of my area of expertise, nothing I've done before. And the the thing that was making me feel comfortable about it was he was going to do the project right next door. It's two houses side by side. And um, I didn't really listen to my gut. There were some red flags. And the, 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 the big lesson that I'll tell up front that was almost, is almost embarrassing is that I didn't verify any of the information. I literally just took everything he said at face value. I didn't make the extra phone calls to verify anything. I didn't do my own due diligence. 
I literally was just focused on doing that deal because I needed to do it, right? And I learned it's better to do no deal than a bad deal. <laughs> okay, this is a great point we're getting into because while everyone will listen to that and be like, man, what are you thinking? You didn't do due diligence. Everyone makes this mistake. Really successful people make this mistake. Okay, I don't want to say any names, but I know people that have lost seven figures investing into syndications with very reputable people who were also investing in them. Okay, we're talking about like the pinnacles of names in our industry were going in there and then everyone else hears, oh, that, that guy's investing? Yeah, I'll put money into that thing. And it does not seem at the moment like you're doing something reckless. It does not feel wrong. It's, it's kind of like, I don't know, a great analogy, but when you're told the undertow of the ocean can be strong, but you're looking at it and you're like, I I've been in the ocean so many times, it's not that bad. And you just go out there and 99 times out of 100, you're fine. And then that one moment, the undertow grabs you and you come out and you're like, guys, that was, I can't tell you how scary that was. And we all hear the story like, I've heard about undertow. Why didn't you know about the undertow? Uh, it's, it's happened to me. It's happened to people that have been on this podcast before. It is very easy when you start hearing about other people who are doing this deal, using these people, and you're oh, that guy vetted it, and that person vetted it, and then I don't have to vet it, and then people here, you did it, and then they go do the same thing, and the next thing you know, we have this in fantastic ripple effect of everyone that has skipped due diligence, we're all relying on the due diligence that we think somebody else did. It's like a phenomena that I see all the time in our world. I'm so glad you, you, you touched on that more because that's... Just making the extra phone call and doing the extra due diligence will save you so much pain and heartache on that one time where the deal goes wrong, right? And I think a lot of us have are optimistic. We think, you know, hey, we're good people. So other people we're around are going to be good people too. No one's going to do wrong to me. But all it takes is that one wolf in sheep's clothing, like this person was, that can just totally blindside you. And that's what happened. So I bought into the deal. I was promised day one, we were going to start moving dirt. And uh, part of the story that's worth telling is the money that I borrowed to buy this deal was from my grandparents. Um, these are my grandparents on my da dad's side of the family. They were immigrants from England. They grew up during World War II, where literally like bombs were going off in their neighborhood and they had to go to shelters in in the you know out in the farmland my my grandmom's got stories of having like fighter planes diving down into the fields and like shooting at her and her having to dive in ditches like these are like world war ii survivors that immigrated to the states and were blue collar workers and they sold a house to move close to my parents and they had a little bit of money in savings and this was not all their money but it was pretty darn close and we're not talking a lot of money based on the type of deals that we do today, but it was a lot of money to them. And so that that had a lot of weight to me. And the fact that I didn't do my due diligence and realizing this after the fact was was really just super hard on, on my heart, you know? And I just remember being once it finally dropped and I finally realized that this person literally scammed me. It was basically a house of cards. So all the plans that he was showing to me, all the you know construction financing that was in place, all these things, 
all of it was a house of cards. I ended up making phone calls once I realized I need to do something here and found out the civil engineer hadn't been paid. The plans and permits that said were approved, not anywhere close to it. Uh, the construction financing, there was hundreds of thousands of dollars that were already withdrawn based on fake receipts. Oh, no. I mean, you want to really? talk about a disaster? Yes, dude. Just sick stuff. And I spent the next year like renegotiating with all this, all these people short of like begging and pleading, like making my case, like, Hey, I know you're not going to get paid your full amount, but like, I'm losing hundreds of thousands of dollars here. Like, can you please do whatever you can to help me out? Like, I'm just trying to, to, to see this through. And I, you know, had on the top of my mind, I got to get my grandparents money back, you know? So, um, I just remember at the event of selling it, you know, I had to sell some stock that I had got at the, you know, corporate job. I had to do whatever I could to get that money back as fast as possible. And did you? I did. Yeah. 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 I didn't get it all back day one. I had it. I did have to have additional money left over. I think I did about a hundred thousand dollars up front. And then I had some more money that were, you know, stuck in some of my flips that I had to sell those through to then get the money and just pay them back. And, um, it it just was an agony an agonizing low point and my firstborn son is now born and i'm literally living in this moment of being in this low point and not at my best and just feeling really down i'm like dude i made another mistake you know after my mistakes with flips now i got to go fight again you know i got to go fight again and and find my way out of it can, can i ask you something about that yeah i'm i'm curious you know, that's a, it sounds like it was a, a pretty disastrous time in your life. Low point, like you're talking about, a lot of crazy things happening. If you could go back and push a button that saves young Dean from having gone through any of that, would you? Oh my gosh. I would do it. Yes. Even though those are, were good life lessons, I know that it was something that was so simple. I'm not joking. It was so simple that like the construction financing that was in place and was, you know, a lien on the property. I have and still to this day, I had the main person from that company. I had their cell phone in my phone. I could have sent them one text, "Hey, looks like I'm about to come in on this deal. You guys got everything good to go and ready, right?" And he would have said, "Uh, no, it's all effed up." <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it would have been one text message or phone call that would have saved me all that pain and heartache. Yeah, well, that's a that's a lesson learned right there. Was there any other really big lesson from this entire scenario that that you took away from it? I think the other biggest lesson, looking at the positive side, is I realize I, I learned that I'm willing to fight no matter what. You know, um, there were multiple times throughout my journey where my back was against the wall or I got knocked down. And I think with sports, what gave me the, the most transferable thing was willing to put in the hard work, right? When no one's looking either, because are you eating the right things? Are you putting in the extra reps? Are you getting the proper sleep? Are you not, you know, partying? Are you taking care of your body? Same thing with sports. Are you studying your playbook? Are you like prepared for the opportunity? Are, are what transferred over. Again, I wasn't the biggest, the fastest, the strongest, the most, most athletic. I had to be consistently good at what I was doing to have that opportunity to play in the NFL. And now being in the real world where 
there isn't really that safety net. You can get scrapes and bruises and and cuts. Like it was up to me to do the work. No one else was going to come save me. It's for me to to get put my pants back on, get to work, and figure out how to to learn from that lesson. Yeah. How has that affected your your borrowing strategy when you're raising money from other people? Yeah. Well, it just helps solidify a belief that I had from day one. I mean, I think morally and who I am as a person is I'm huge, huge, huge on if you're going to borrow someone else's money, it is it is so much more important than your own. So much important than your own. And that that needs to be reflected in your due diligence, right? A lesson that I learned really well. And it also needs to be with how you communicate with that private lender. It needs to be on how you treat it and be a steward of that. Like you need to be doing good deals. And if something goes wrong, because that happens, that's just, that's part of the business. Things can go wrong. Even if you're doing so many things right, there can be unforeseen things that happen. You got to do everything in your power to communicate well. And if you are in a situation where you have a loser, right? Because I've had flips where I've lost some money. You got to make sure that they get all their money back plus the interest day one of closing. If for some reason that's not possible, you communicate a plan and strategy and make sure that they feel comfortable that you're, you've got their best interest. Now you've bounced back from that. You're doing very, very well. Like we mentioned, you've done over 600 deals in today's market. What are you doing to find these things? Yeah. So man, when I first started out and I started paying money for marketing, it was just direct mail. That was all I was doing. Direct mail right in the beginning. 2013 for a handful of years. All I was doing for marketing, it went from, you know, a deal every other month to then a deal a month and, you know, a couple of deals a month to uh, about a handful of deals a month just from direct mail. At this point with, you know, the way the market's changed, the more information that's out there and us doing more deals uh, to get there, we're doing TV ads, we're doing radio, we, uh, we're doing PPC, which is Google pay-per-click. Um, but the undeniably the most exciting part of our, our business in terms of growth, opportunity, potential that gets me fired up is we get 40% of our deals from other wholesalers, other investors, other realtors from other relationships. And it became a thing to where I actually gave it a name. I, I like put branding around it and I call it our friends with benefits program. And it, it all started back with, uh, 2020, I started a meetup and the whole concept behind the meetup was I've, I, as I said earlier on, I've, I've been kind of heads down working on myself. I want to become somebody before I go back out into the world. I need to refine this new identity, this new success, um, which was a limiting belief. Um, but I need to be now getting in front of people. Now that we've done stuff, I need to get in front of people. Let's start a meetup. So we start the meetup in February of 2020. We got about 100 people that show up. Great turnout. I'm like, this is great. Like, I want to add value to other people. The you know abundance mindset. I want to give value. The law of reciprocity. Like, God will return that in one way, shape, or, or form. Um, and that's that's the approach. That's why we're doing this. Well, as you know, the world shut down and I thought to myself, how else am I going to add value to people? So I quickly got into social media and started sharing about what we were doing. Here's what's working. We're still doing deals. Here's the results we're having. 
And I thought to myself, we've done deals with other people. I bet you we could help other people right now. So I started saying, hey guys, if you got any deals that you need help with, we can help you on those deals, right? We can help you from literally, if you need help contacting the seller, negotiating the deal with the seller, going on the appointment, getting pictures, getting it under contract, we'll help you through all of that. Just bring a qualified lead, we'll help you. And slowly that started to build momentum, not overnight, but slowly started to build momentum and more and more people started bringing us deals. And then I started sharing on social media like, hey, look, we just closed this deal with so-and-so and we made $40,000. We split it 50-50, made 20 each. And this started to kind of catch fire. And I thought, I love sending friends money. Why don't I call it friends with benefits? So we made t-shirts with it and all that kind of stuff. And um, now 40% of our deals come from other people. We're talking millions of dollars here that come from other people and you can think of those as free deals for us and maximized deals for the other people. We have new and experienced people bringing us these deals and we you know, have a reputation for doing this really well. And um, now we'll take somebody who's new or doesn't have the time to see that do- deal through. And instead of them kind of squandering the deal or even losing the deal, will help turn that deal into, you know, 20, 40, 60. We've had even a truck driver bring us a deal that turned into a $110,000 profit. And after we handled the cash for keys with the squatters and dealt with all that, um, it was 105 net profit. We wired him 52,500. I mean, that's what it's become. And it's just, it just lights me on fire. It is super exciting. That's amazing. And it's honestly, it's very cool to hear you say this because it's almost like this full circle moment for you where on their first deal ever, you reached out to, to the podcast and you were like, I need help with my deal. And then now you're kind of saying, hey, reach out to me and I'm going to help you through a deal. So you're, you've experienced this full circle transition. Do you feel like you've arrived? Like, have you done it? Are you, have you? Conquered real estate? I do. Yeah. I feel like my my partner and I we were just getting together. Um, I was in in uh back in the community this past month, and we were sitting down with some of our uh some of our team members, and we were telling them. So even though we spent the past 10 years getting to where we're at now, and we've accomplished a lot of great things, the rental portfolio, you know, we're doing multiple seven figures a year in our in our active wholesaling and fix and flip business. Even though we're doing that, I feel like we're just barely getting started. Like this, this is the winning season, you know, like there's been a lot of ups and downs and and my success would have been here sooner had I not made those mistakes in my belief. Um, But apparently I needed to go through those life lessons and I feel like we're just barely getting started. So I'm insanely excited and I know like what feels so good, what's kind of crazy is I'm making NFL money now. Like, and I've got my health. <laughs> I'm making NFL money now. I've got a, over a million dollars in the bank, you know, and, and we're making that much more. It feels incredible. It feels fulfilling, but I know in my heart because I've got these big goals and dreams, like I'm just getting started. Well, to be fair, you still have, I mean, you probably still putting bags of ice on your head because you are still in real estate, right? So. <laughs> Now, I was just thinking about comparing making NFL money in the NFL or making NFL money out of the NFL. And I was kind of weighing very quickly the pros and cons, right? You make an NFL money in the NFL, it's going to come with some of those other 
perks, right? Like the red carpet experience, the 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 craziness, the models that are going to be hanging around. Every everywhere you go, you're going to be recognized. So you're probably going to get like an ego that's constantly fed. It's also going to come with some downsides, the constant stress and worry. What if I get hurt? What if I have a bad performance? What if they draft some stud who comes along behind me? And then the hardest part for me would just be there is a time line of how long you can do that for. If you could choose between making that money in real estate or making it in even a professional sport, which to most people is like the pinnacle of achievement in America. You become a professional. There is nothing better that you could possibly do. And this is even better than that. It's such a cool, cool story how things turned out. Do you ever think about that? Oh, yeah. All the time. That was a good answer. I wasn't expecting it to be that quick. That was very nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Short and sweet. I love it. Yeah, I do. Side I do. question, oh. Dean. How often do you get told you look like Johnny Bravo? That's a good one. Uh, actually, not too often. Um one one of my good buddies, he likes to call me Captain America. So that's the one I probably get the most. There's a little bit of that. You and Rob got the same hair, but yours is moving off to one side and his is moving off to the other side. And then your hair is also about <clears throat> two feet above mine in terms of like where it actually sits altitude wise on the on the planet because you're much taller than I. I've stood next to you. I buy with the, if anyone's ever seen us stand next to each other, just remember I am five eight. That is a national average. <laughs> that's right rob you're very average in every way and that needs to be acknowledged <laughs> and recognized every single opportunity that we can get uh dean any advice for people that are looking to follow the path that you took and where can they find out more about you yeah i'd say the the advice i always love to give is just you got to put in the work like no one's going to do it for you um and you got to be willing to do that if you don't want that kind of life like there's nothing wrong with living the nine to five life. But if you're listening to this podcast, chances are, you know, there's, there's other opportunity. You know, you have more potential. You're looking for a better future, right? So if that's you, then be ready to take action. Cause if you don't take action right away, you're going to build the habits of not taking action, of procrastinating, of putting it off, of finding an excuse why you can't do it and why it doesn't work for you. But I can tell you right now, real estate, why I am insanely passionate about it and why I love coaching students to this day is because of the fact that anybody can do it. Boom. Love it. Mic drop. Where can people find out more about you? Yeah. So I, I love connecting with people. That's the always the biggest uh, you know call to action I say is to connect. Like If you listen to this, you felt like you received value, you feel like you resonate with some of the story, like, dude, I'm a real person. I answer my DMs. <laughs> you know, you don't have to go through three assistants. Like, I want to connect with people. So I always tell people go to um, go to Instagram, Dean Rogers Real Estate. You can find me there. Um, you can always find out more about me at DeanRogers.com. You got, you know, all my social media stuff on there. You can learn about um, how I can help you get started in real estate through my coaching program too. So I love connecting with people. It's it's a passion of mine as well. And, and just love finding new opportunities through new relationships. Awesome, man. Rob, how about you? Well, I also <clears throat> handle my own DMs. I don't necessarily handle them very quickly. And I may never respond because they, there are a lot. But I do my best. Every day I go in and I respond to the ones that are short. <laughs> so uh, send me a DM <laughs> over at Rob Built. And uh, hit me up on Instagram as well at Rob Built as well. And... Uh, 
be sure to write the lengthiest DM and send it on over to David. <laughs> Thank you for that, Rob. Really appreciate it. <laughs> so if you want real estate advice, message Dean. If you want football advice, message Rob. And if you want life advice, you want to talk about spiritual matters, you want to talk about overall financial stuff, you just want to vent about what's going on in this crazy market, you can find me at David Green 24 I'm on Instagram quite a bit. You can also go to davidgreen24.com and you can check out the, the different ways that I put things together to help investors and connect with people. So please do. This is David Green for Dean Blue Still Rogers and Rob, the national average Abisolo signing off. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom and the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and bam! Instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.